Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I'm so happy. This is a full house. This is awesome. Your closeout was fire. That was that picture was something else. So yeah, come on. Good job on that one. He reigns above it all. I love that song. Yeah, I like it. Are you ready for this? Well, I don't know. Are we? Oh, you have 48%. You are. I got 48%. Yeah. Okay, I, we'll make it. <laughs> yes. As long as I'm I don't like, preach did you, long. Did you charge this thing? <laughs> Keeping him in line. You Spirit know. of God. But it's so exciting to be here. This is my second time in Canada. I came in 1986 when I was around 10. I was uh, came to the World's Fair with my grandparents. Ooh. And I didn't need a passport when I came in 86. I don't know if you've heard this story, but... We're so excited to come, and we're in the airport. We had, from Reading to um, San Francisco, it's about an, it's it's a two-hour thing. It's not, it's not bad, no. especially if there's no weather and no delays. So we get to the San Francisco airport. We go to the Amex lounge. We get lots of work done, four hours or so in there, and then we're headed to our gate. And, um, and it's great. It's just straight, straight across from yeah, the lounge. We're about right ready to there. board. Like, okay. It was so peaceful. Like, literally, I'm like, this is the best travel day ever. And they uh, call us up. They're like, Ben and Heather Armstrong, could you come to the table? I'm like, oh, baby, we're getting upgraded. <laughs> so exciting. Miracles, I mean, I was like, this signs is Signs and wonders. This is going to be the best trip. <laughs> so, you know, the, this guy there, he's like, I'll just need to see your passport, ma'am. And I'm like... So I get out my passport, hand it to him. And, and I look at Ben and I'm like, I didn't bring that. And I've got this look like. I was like, yep, nope, I don't have that with what? me. Like, we're going to Canada. <laughs> United States, Canada, another country. It didn't even cross my mind. Like, it didn't even, I'm like, I got my ID. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think to bring my passport. So, but we're boarding. I'm like, well, how about you board? Yeah, she's like, you just you get on the preach. flight, you have to preach, so I'll go rent a car. And I will go home, and I'll get my passport, and come back and fly to Calgary. So, I did that, although I had to go wait for my luggage for a good, like, three, three hours. hours. It was buried waiting under for the all the Denver, uh, Denver vacation crew who had and their then, skis. And then you got to go rent a car. So that's another 20, 30 minutes <laughs> to get to the station but on to the, rent the car. On the happy then side, you rent the car. there was no traffic. Because if you've ever been to San Francisco, the traffic is pretty intense. Oh, so no traffic, made it home on the way there. 1.30 a.m., slept, got up, got my passport. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. She gets back to the airport and I'm like, hey, this is awesome. I can't believe you're doing this. You're amazing, baby. Did you remember your passport? <laughs> but I did. And then it's radio silence for like five minutes. She doesn't answer. I'm like, Lord of the dance. No, she didn't go all the way back and not have her passport. That's what I'm thinking. So I call. Yeah. And she's like, no, I've got it. I was just going through the, you know. The line. Yeah. But I got my passport and I got a Canada stamp in my passport. So I'm so excited. Oh, oh, she was coming through customs and they hadn't stamped her passport. And she actually said to the guy, sir, I need a stamp. Can I have my stamp? I have to have a Canada stamp that I did this. I may, I'm like... It was a big attempt, but come on. <laughs> so, so I'm here. So I'm she has shabby. fought to be with you guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
I'm, it's happiness, but we want to introduce oh, our, so happy. our children to you. Our family. Yeah, yes. I think we've got a wonderful picture of it's, our family. It's growing a bit here soon. This was on Ben's 50th birthday in August. Yes, so I am now... I was like, oh, you're so almost close to that classic. classic. <laughs> Five more years and well, I make I classic give, status. I can't give him too hard of a time because I'm on my way there, but not quite. So anyway... Kira on the very end here with her fiance, Evan, and yes. they will be married May 18th in our backyard. It's oh. fun planning. It's awesome because we save money on a venue, but it's not awesome because it means I've got a lot of work to do. Yes. Yes, he does. But it's going to be amazing. And then Connor, he's 25. And then Jake is Madison, our youngest. She's 21. Maddie's he's over on this Almost fiance. It's getting really close. I know, but they already have the wedding date set October 5th. So yes. we have two girls getting married this year. So Can we start the service by you stretching out your hands no, to mom and dad? No. Financial breakthrough in it's Jesus' awesome. name. It's going to work out. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. We're excited. The, We're so pumped for them. They, it, the girls are, they, they choose good guys. Yeah, Praise the did. Lord. Jesus. And uh, we're, we're excited. Our family is expanding. It is. And that's going to take me back. So Kira bought a house and she moved out in, in 2022. And Connor didn't live in the house. And Madison is a manager at Dutch Bros. It's a cool coffee shop in the United States and some of the states. And was never home. And then it was post-COVID and Ben started, started traveling. traveling. again. Then he actually got, he had, and he always runs trips by me. He's like, is this going to be good if I'm gone a certain amount of time? And I'm like, sure, this was a long trip that he was going to be gone. And I had approved it. <laughs> I can do it. I I have to get Heather's stamp before I get to go. So he leaves, and I found myself like, what a, I mean, it just all of a sudden hit me that the empty nesting feeling, the empty nest feeling was like, whoa. And I had, I'm a photographer and had just kind of let go of weddings and still at it, but just kind of that like, Oh my goodness, who now am I? Now she's on church leadership team. She's on our senior leadership team. And she Which is used to running you, her own business. Is amazing, but thing. it's a whole new language for me. It's a yeah. whole new, like, I'm a pro at photography. I'm a beginner in ministry. Except at the top level. <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, what? Move me all the way. So Lord. it was like, I mean, literal tension. Like, I mean, I want to give up. I don't want to be here. I mean, it was a fight. And Every I, SLT meeting, she would come out and cry and say, I want to quit. Like, it was 2022. And I, I mean, it's just going, boom. Like, it keeps nosediving. Like, it's, there's no, no hope for me, it felt. Like, my past was better than my future was the lie I was believing. Like, I really was stuck that I, I it was done for me. And, um... Made it through December, and then we're hitting 2023, and I was like, I don't even want New Year's to come. Like, I don't want another year of feeling like I can't get out of bed, or I can't even, I'm like, have to drag myself to these meetings, and it was this, like, just big tension in my my heart and life, and wanted to give up. Like, I just was over it. And so, get through the new year, and it's about this time of year, and I 
scrolling on Instagram. I do scroll sometimes. And um, Dr. Michael Maiden, he's an incredible prophet. He um, posted, this is your comeback season. The Lord is saying, you shall recover all. He is putting the enemy to shame and suddenly giving you back everything that belongs to you. And you will receive double for your trouble. <laughs> Amen, right? It literally injected in me and I was like, this is my comeback year. I mean, it, I instantly was like, this is it. I'm going to read it again because some of you need the injection of this is your comeback year. Yeah, this is your comeback season. The Lord is saying, you shall recover all. Amen. He is putting the enemy to shame and suddenly giving you back everything that belongs to you and you will receive double for your trouble. Amen. Amen. So 2023, I positioned myself that this was going to be my comeback season, my comeback year, that I, that this was, no, there was no more. I am not nosediving. I'm going higher. My future is better than my past, redirecting my thought life and coming through to the end of 2024 or 2023 and reflecting what God did in 2023 dreams Amazing. came true. I mean, breakthrough in so many areas and it's just like, okay, God's word is so true. And he's so, he is so faithful to take care of us. And so if you need a comeback year, if you need a comeback season, I want you to just stand up because we're going to pray for you. I'm going to release that over you. And I really believe God is just going to just shift it. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I love Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you're going to have to just you're lay hands on this, yourselves. You're going to kick this off. Okay. This is, this is totally comeback year, but not yes, only Jesus. is it a comeback year where you get double for trouble, it's also we caught the thief year. Yes. And yes. that means you get a sevenfold return, yes. not just double for trouble, yes, but sevenfold return for everything that was stolen from yes, you in the as name well. Of Jesus. And so God's restoring that right now. Yes, and, you know, it, it it was a it was actually a crazy time even in that time I had a physical ailment in my body that the doctors couldn't figure out I was in severe pain at all times uh, to pick up a cup of coffee my hands would shake and I could barely lift a cup of coffee it was so painful and and the energy was out of my body I was trying to remodel my daughter's house and I remember trying to do plumbing underneath her house and I could fall to the ground because gravity would help me get to the ground, but I couldn't get up and I was stuck by myself and it, it would take me literally 45 minutes to figure out a way to get onto my feet because I was in such severe pain. I, I, I didn't take any time off because rest didn't help. Laying in bed, it just made it even worse. I felt in more pain. I kept getting blood work and the doctors are like, well, you don't have this disease and you and don't you have this disease. definitely didn't have COVID. <laughs> no, I never had COVID ever. He's They're immune. like, He's the only I'm, one that's yeah, I'm immune to it so that's awesome but but we're you know god is doing something right now where he is restoring everything the yeah. enemy has has tried to perpetrate on us and and i feel like even as we were praying and we're down on our face i felt like god said even those with chronic pain in their body 
Who's that? Raise your hand if you have chronic pain in your body. Uh, this is your comeback year. I'm yes, telling you God. what, you're not going to recognize yourself anymore. There was so much pain in my body. I was getting, I was so connected to God, but I was frayed in my emotions. You know that pain. Yep. You know that thing when you're in chronic pain like that. And it's like everything, any noise, it felt like I was going to have a heart attack because I got so severely scared. I'm not a scared person in my life. <laughs> I mean, fear does not bother me. Loud noises never bothered me in the past. But anything, a door would shut and I felt like my heart was going to explode. It was that scary and that traumatic to my body because everything was frayed. Every nerve was frayed. It was, it was intense emotionally. And this year, there, the healing of the Lord, the balm of Gilead is coming. Yes, God. And, and the God of the breakthrough, Bel Parazim, is coming for yes, breakthrough in your bodies, yes, in your Jesus. lives, in, your in minds, every in area. Name. And we release that in Jesus' yes, name. This, this is, is your, your comeback, comeback year. Season. In Jesus' name, it is your Double comeback for year. for trouble. Yes, God. You pray, I just want you to just, just uh, stir up your prayer language right now. Just everybody in the room. Thank you, Jesus, that this is the comeback season. I just thank you for each one standing, God, that this is their year. This is the year that it shifts in the name of Jesus. This is a season that it shifts in Jesus' name, that their future is better than their past. I just thank you, Jesus, that you restore everything to them a hundredfold in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for the courage to say, yep, this is my comeback season. Yeah. Yep, this is my comeback season and position themselves in that in Jesus' Break name. And through. I just thank you, God, for, for testimonies of miracles in this season, of dreams coming true, of promises fulfilled, of pain going in Jesus' name. And I say no yeah. more to anxiety and no more to mental trauma in the name of Jesus, that that would be restored in Jesus' name. Yeah. I say no more to panic attacks. I say no more to anxiety in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you that there is freedom in this room being released right now. And we released this the other night. In I heard Jesus God name. say, I'm moving people from the red to the black. And, and I, I believe there's a, a breakthrough coming yes, specifically Jesus. in the realm of finance where in it's Jesus no longer going to torment you. Yes, in Jesus' and, name. And you're, you're going to get above that and no longer have to be under the weight of those things. Yes, God, God, we release that breakthrough right now in Jesus' yes, name. Yes, Jesus. That 2024 is the year of the open door and a year to go after the more. Come on. In Jesus' name. Who believes that today? Amen. 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 So good. We receive Team. it. Come I on, baby. It. That was powerful. Thank you. Love you all. And I had this on my phone for the year, that word. Yeah. And, as, and when it would, you know, and I'd feel that nosedive come and I'd be like, nope, nope, nope. This is my comeback season. No, 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 no. This is my comeback season. Like position, position yourself yeah. to know that this is your comeback season. You stood today in faith. You're going to believe it and you're going to walk through it. And let me just tell you, your emotions can lie to you. Do not let your emotions dictate your reality. Okay, your emotions and the will miracle. catch up. The miracle, because I had to get on some medication. Yeah. And I just am like at half the dose yeah. in just August. And so it just God has brought in so much freedom and just 
health to me. So I believe that for you. Yeah, and name. it was crazy because two years ago, that airport situation that we just had, she would have been bawling her eyes out and not knowing what to do. I might have had to cancel my trip back then. But instead, this one, she just laughed. She's like, oh, we just need to laugh at that. How big of a shift is that? That is incredible. I was bragging on my wife nonstop. I'm like, baby, you're a queen. You're so awesome. You're incredible. I'm so proud of you. You're my hero. This is so great. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for your transforming presence, what you do. Hey, I was down on my face and I remember that pain in my body and I knew God was healing chronic pain and, and I know God's going to do that. But I also was reminded of an encounter I had some time ago. Um, it was at a, um, a worship you, the beginning of one of our uh, worship schools that we do at uh school or at our Bethel church and I was just flying back from a conference and I had landed late in Sacramento California and had to still drive two and a half hours home and it was late at night and you know those times where you feel like a cold coming on or some kind of sickness and I felt that and I'm like Lord I'm about to go into two weeks of, of worship school and I cannot I cannot get sick. I need your help. And I, I get home super late and I said, God, I've got to be back at worship you in the morning at 6 a.m. I need divine rest tonight. I need you to heal my body while I sleep and I need divine rest. And I fall asleep instantly when my head hits the pillow and I go into a dream. And in the dream, it's a weird uh, kind of scene because there's an Olympic-sized swimming pool in front of me. And there's this giant Olympic-sized swimming pool. And God is, send, is standing at one end of the Olympic-sized swimming pool. And he's got a stopwatch. And I'm like, huh, what's going on? And I look at the other side of the pool. And there are five angelic beings and I, I've never seen angels like this. I don't know if maybe they weren't angels, but they were members of heaven that I'd never seen before. And I can remember they all looked incredible and they were having a race. The race was who can swim across the swimming pool the fastest. And they were going one by one and swimming across the pool and God had his stopwatch. And the first one goes, and I'm like, whoa, that was fast. That was super fast. Like, boom, he's across the pool. I'm like, oh, that's going to be hard to beat. The next one goes, and it's even faster. I was like, wow, that's incredible. And, and the third and the fourth, and then the fifth one. And this is the only one that I can remember in detail what he looked like. He looked like this giant Japanese samurai. He had, he had the whole samurai, uh, 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 armor on him and the, the two swords on his sides and, and he stood like this at the edge of the pool with his hands on his sword. And instead of diving in like everyone else with their hands in front of him, he held his hands to his sword and did this. And he just dives in and within a blink, like a flinch, all of a sudden he's shooting out at the other end of the swimming pool like this. And I'm like, oh, that was awesome. 
That was incredible. You should have seen that. I'm like, that guy definitely won. And immediately when he lands, and I know he's won, three flaming doorways open up consecutively in front of him. And I knew immediately, and this is the weird thing about dreams, sometimes you know things in dreams that are never told to you. You just know it. And I knew these three doorways were doorways into the darkest places in hell. And he went through the doorways with fire flashing in his eyes. And he was intense. And it was like he was on a mission. There was some kind of purpose behind it. And when he went in there, in the deepest, darkest places of hell, once he went through that third doorway, there was something written on the wall. And what was written on the wall was freedom for fear. And in the darkest places in hell, fear has free reign. It's a place of tormenting fear. And I saw this angelic being with fire in his eyes and an intensity I've never seen on a face before. He's got his hands on his sword. And I see a flinch like this. And I knew he had pulled out the sword and cut the words and put his sword back in, but it looked like this. It was that fast. And as he did this, I saw the words begin to vibrate and shake and reform. And instead of saying freedom for fear, it said freedom from fear. And I woke that morning and I went into worship you and I I was like, oh, I got I gotta go after this. I gotta go after this this morning. And we had guest uh, worship leaders in that morning named Johnny and Melissa Helser. And and they had just come out with a brand new song that I had never heard before, never once. And they were going to lead it that morning. I didn't know they were leading it that morning. I have this dream. And they sing a song, No Longer Slaves to Fear. And I released this dream and people got breakthrough. There was a lady in the room for 27 straight years. She hadn't known a day without a panic attack. And God in his sovereignty came and pulled that off of her. And she had freedom for the very first time in 27 years. And I have seen whenever God reminds me of that, and I don't do this all the time, wherever God reminds me of that, people get free for, from fear. And I, I, I don't know why, because I didn't feel this in first service. I felt it in this service. There's, there's people in the room who you've actually lived in chronic fear, and you've been in a prolonged season of tormenting fear. And if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet because God sent angelic help to actually cut that out of your life. So if that's you, I want you to be bold and stand to your feet because God's going to give you breakthrough and, and he is releasing freedom from fear, even generational. Some of you, you've just learned this for the generations. You're just like, you're worried about everything. There's everything that could happen probably is going to happen. And, and you're, you're, you're actually tormented all the time with the what ifs. 
What if this happens? What if that happens? And, and God is coming. It's actually the zeal of the Lord that's going to accomplish this right now. So I just want you to receive, put your hands out and receive, Mo. God, every time you remind me of this, that same angelic being walks in the room to cut fear out of people's life, to partner with the Spirit of God. Jesus, this is what you paid for on the cross. And we declare, get your full reward in our minds and our emotions and even the residual trauma that's actually in our physical body. It's actually manifested in our physical body in all kinds of different pain and ailments and different things that are going on. God, I release freedom in the mind, in the soul, in the spirit, and in the body, the freedom that you purchased. And God, would you cut that out in Jesus' name? And I want you to say this, I break all partnerships with fear. Any partnership I've made, known or unknown. Yeah, and I nail fear to the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus, what do you have in place of that fear? And just wait, because Jesus is going to speak to you. He's going to release a new normal for you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want everyone standing to look at me real quick. Okay, whether you felt something go or not, something left you, and it's called fear. And, and, and here's what's going on. You have a new normal. And we talked about sometimes your emotions have, take time to catch up. And, and here's what the enemy will do. When you leave the room today, he may come and say, hey, remember me? I'm fear. Remember we used to party together? How about we party some more? And you're going to go, no, how about you talk to the dog next door? Because I'm free of that. Here's my new normal. I don't want you to go back to that same thing. And I want you to ask God, God this when you leave the place today. Okay, based on this new truth, what you declared over me, God, what's one thing I can physically do on a daily basis that says I believe this new truth? See, physical obedience brings spiritual release. If you will actually do something to change your habits, one thing, don't try and do it all. Just do one thing that lines up with this truth and you're going to get momentum. And that's where God's grace comes behind you. You'll change one thing and God will change a hundred different things. He'll actually transform your life. So we release it. And everyone who receives that say, I receive it. In Jesus' name, all right, you can be seated. Hey, I want to share with you something really special that actually is, is something that's part of my life. My name is Benjamin Joseph Armstrong. Joseph, it's the heart, it's my middle name, but it's also the heart of who I am. I am a dreamer. And I'm not just a dreamer, I'm a dream interpreter as well. And it is a gift of God 
and a gift of a language of intimacy of God is dreams and the gift of interpretation. It's not just for someone special. It's for all of us. And I want to share with you something that we've produced to help you guys actually learn in dreams and dream interpretation. Can we play that video real quick? Since the beginning of time, dreams have shaped history. Throughout the Bible, God spoke to Joseph, Solomon, Daniel, and many others who all had dreams that caused a ripple in history. Did you know the inspiration for the search engine Google came from a dream? Even Albert Einstein's theory of relativity came from a dream. What treasures does God have stored up that he's longing for us to access during the night season? In 1 Kings chapter 3, it was in a dream that God told Solomon to ask him for anything. And Solomon asked for the wisdom to lead a nation, and it was granted. This type of heavenly wisdom, it's still accessible for us today. In Joel chapter 2, God promises an outpouring of his spirit, and it was released in Acts chapter 2. What if we're on the verge of experiencing God weaving the generations in an even greater way, where an old man would dream a dream and the following generation unlock the solution? God is raising up a prophetic company filled with heavenly wisdom and strategy. What if the solutions you're looking for, the solutions the world is looking for, is stored up in the mystery of your dream? God is raising up a heritage of dreamers, and I invite you to be part of that heritage. Join us this year at Dream Life School of Interpretation. Come on. Okay, that's the wrong date. We've got a different slide on there. A uh, different slide we're going to actually bring up. We'd love for you to join us uh, either online or in person. And I really believe God wants to raise up a heritage of dreamers. And you can grab your phone and scan that. And uh, that'll take you to a link for our Dream Life School of Interpretation. This is one of my favorite parts of Dream Life School of Interpretation is the family panel that my wife and I and our children do together because we believe God is actually raising up a whole heritage, a whole family of dreamers, and that we're going to apprehend the treasures that God is releasing in dreams to transform the world. Amen. Amen. And one of the tools we've, we've developed is on the next slide you'll see is our Dream Life Journal. And uh, this is not one of those journals where there says Dream Journal and you open it up and it's just got blank pages where you can record your... No, this is a whole interpretation tool. It, uh, it has a whole portion on uh, how to discern the four main types of dreams, how to, how to actually partner with the four lenses of interpretation to actually figure out what's God speaking in my dream. Is this literal? Is it symbolic? Is it a combination of the two? What is God speaking in my dreams? And then it has a whole mapping session, section and uh, it has devotionals and tips and all kinds of stuff. This is an incredible tool that I've been using and have developed over the last 25 years 
to apprehend the meaning of dreams. And my wife's kind of our dream chronicler in our family. And there is not a week that goes by that my kids don't run in and say, Dad, I had a dream. Or they text me, Dad, when you get home from your trip, I got to talk to you. I had a dream. And we, we're always talking about dreams. And I love that it was God's intimate language to Ben Armstrong when I was a kid growing up. And he's spoken to me in that language for so long. And it's probably my number one way I connect with God. I am passionate about rest and the night season. But now I've given that gift to my children. And now they're connecting with God in the same way with that same thing. But it, what God did was he created a language of connection for our family, the likes of which I couldn't create on my own. And it's probably our number one spiritual connection point is dreams. And God's awakening this. Science says everyone dreams. Not everyone remembers them. And actually, people who don't remember them come to Dream Life School or they watch it online and they get activated in their dreams. So please join us for that if you can. If you can't, change your schedule. All right. Do it next year. We'll do it every year. It's fun. Hey, um, I'm excited to be with you. I'm going to preach fast. My clock still hasn't even started. It still says 42 minutes. I prayed that God would stop time, and it has. This is awesome. Ah. Uh, Finally, <laughs> miracles, signs and wonders. No, actually, I'm just going to take about uh, 25, 30 minutes to... My wife just gave me a look like she doesn't believe that. Where's the support, baby? Come on. Sheesh. Some years ago, this was, we figured it out, maybe 12, 13 years ago, uh, it was uh, New Year's Eve, and my wife and I uh, were, our kids had just finally got to the point where they were old enough, uh, Connor, Kira, and Madison, they're old enough to kind of watch themselves for a couple, two, three hours. And that's brilliant for parents. You're like, yes, finally, we've earned a date. And, 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 uh, and, and so we don't have to pay for a babysitter, so we have money to eat. So uh, it's awesome. Uh, and so we're out uh, celebrating with some friends, and, uh, and, and we're, we're having a fun time, and we're planning on staying out till, you know, the, the ball drops, so to speak, and, and ring in the new year with our friends. And, and all of a sudden, I look at my phone. It's about 11.30 at night. And, and I look at my phone, and oh, oh, no, it's blowing up with texts and missed calls. And it's my kids in a panic. Dad, you need to get home now. And so I, I'm, like, freaking out. I call my kids. I'm, what's going on? And Madison's on the phone, our youngest. And she's cool as a cucumber. She's tough. And, and, man, she's kind of to the point. She's like, Dad. Someone's trying to break into a house. They're, they're banging on the doors. They're banging on the windows. Con don't worry, Connor's got his gun. And uh, it's pointed at the door. Kira's on the couch crying, speaking in tongues. And so it gives you a little kind of snippet into the life of our family. What's that? 
Well, okay, Con she wants you to know Connor had his hunter safety by then, you know. <laughs> Raise up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. You know, uh, Northern California, namely uh, Redding, California, and I grew up in Weaverville, California. That is the Texas of California. So, you know, hunting, fishing, that's a regular thing. So guns in our house, not a big deal. And I, so I, I, I said, put me on speaker, Maddie. She puts on the speaker. I said, son, if someone walks through the door or comes through the window, you just keep shooting until they're not moving. I'm coming home. And I'm going to call you when I get home because we're going to be coming through the garage and I want you to put your gun down before we do. Okay, dad, I got it. All right. Okay, so we get home, and we're in the garage, and I text, and I call, and I say, okay, we're home. Put the gun down. Okay, my, my gun is down. It's unloaded. Come in the house. So we come in the house, and we walk in, and they're like, Dad, someone has been trying to break in for the last two hours. Why weren't you answering your phone? I'm like, we were having fun. Sorry. Um, and, 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 and so... You know, we're sitting there, I grab the spotlight, I walk around the house, I'm looking for footprints, I'm like looking everywhere, is there someone here, is there someone hiding in the bushes, like what's going on? And there's, there's no one, I'm like, kids, it's okay, they're gone, it's all good, you're gonna be okay, and we're just gonna stay up with them, you know, watch the ball drop, you know, it's almost midnight now, and, and, uh, and then midnight hits, and all of a sudden, there's that shaking on the window again and the door vibrating. And the kids are like, oh, there they are, they're here. And I'm like, oh, that's actually the fireworks going off. And the concussion of the fireworks is causing the windows and door to vibrate. It's called the power of perspective, and sometimes what should be a season of celebration, we are living in a season of fear because we have a wrong perspective about our situation. Our kids, this is their first time away, and they hadn't really had that experience without mom and dad, and they're freaking out. They are freaking out. They're like in a panic, got the gun, ready to shoot whatever comes through the door. And all it is is celebration. All it is is celebration. This morning, I want to talk to you about the three Ps. Perspective, purpose, and power. Perspective, purpose, and power. If I was to title this message, I'd title it P to the power of three. And these are things that the church desperately needs right now because I believe the church, although they should be in a season of celebration of what God is doing, their perspective is on what the enemy's doing and they're living in fear. And as long as we're living in fear of what could potentially happen rather than what is really happening then we're crippled to actually influence the world. And God wants to shift our perspective in this season. You know, in 2 Kings chapter 6, 
verse 16 specifically, but let me lay out the scene. This is Elisha, and they're in a city at this time, and, and the enemy armies have now surrounded the city, and Elisha's servant Gehazi goes out, and he sees the city surrounded, and he's freaking out. He freaks out and he runs to Elisha and says, Elisha, look, we're surrounded. We're going to die. Okay, I know some of this that I'll do this morning might be paraphrasing of scripture. I call it the BIV, the Ben's International Version. But if you want, you can read the whole portion so you get the gist of it. But he's freaking out. And Elisha cool as a cucumber, walks out. He's relaxed. He's not in a panic. He's not freaking out. And he says to his servant this great prayer. And he cries out to the Lord. And he says, Lord, would you open my servant's eyes so that he would see that there are more for us than those that are against us. And in that moment, his eyes are open and he looks and he sees the angel armies of God surrounding the enemy armies. And I want to tell you this. This is where we get that song. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by him. God is changing our perspective and part of the, the job of the prophet or prophetic people and prophetic companies is to open the eyes of people to see the kingdom realm, not the enemy's realm. And the problem is that the, a lot of the church is focused on what the devil's doing rather than what God is doing. One of our greatest spiritual warfare verses, I think, in the, in the Bible, one of the most powerful uh, verses on discernment comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 21. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. Did you know all spiritual realms thrive on attention? All spiritual realms thrive on attention. God's kingdom and the demonic kingdom. The problem is the demonic kingdom, they actually need your attention to thrive. God's not like, oh, I, I think I'm having a hard time with my self-image right now. I wish they'd give me attention. Hey, God's very self-sufficient. He's okay. He's great. The devil's not. And you need to know that the demonic kingdom is a pride-filled kingdom. So they're trying to get your attention. They're saying, hey, look at me. Hey, fight me. See, the devil doesn't even care. He, he doesn't have to work on you or do horrible things to you as long as you're busy fighting him. Because if you're busy fighting him, you're not actually building the kingdom. And for a lot of years, the church has been busy trying to find the devil and fight the devil rather than find out what God is doing. See, sometimes I see what the devil's doing. Of course you do. Why? Why do you see that first sometimes? Because the devil needs attention. God wants it. The devil needs it. That's what empowers him. And so my job is to say, oh, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because let me just tell you this. The devil is not creative. Did you know that? He was creative, 
He had access to creativity. But the moment he tried to become God and got cast out of heaven, he lost all access to creativity. So he doesn't have creative thoughts. So whatever he does or is doing, you need to know it's not the origins. It's not the creative. It's actually in response to something God's already released. The problem is if I am responding to a response, I'm doubly behind. And a lot of the church is responding to the response of the devil to what God's trying to build in the kingdom. My job isn't to figure out what the devil's doing. My job is to figure out, God, what are you doing and how do I partner with it? And when I begin to do that, I build a better kingdom. And guess what? Everyone else in an inferior kingdom, they want a piece of this. They're like, oh, that looks awesome. I wish I could have that. And I tell them, guess what? Ben Armstrong, I was adopted. God adopted me and all the gifts I have. And, and, and now he calls me a son of God and I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. He's transformed me. All of this I have, he's got more than enough to go around. Welcome to the kingdom. And what happens when no one lives in a house for a long time? Yeah, it crumbles, it dies. Some of us are busy trying to bind the strong man by fighting the devil. No, you don't bind the strong man that way. You bind the strong man by building the kingdom and evacuating this population to this population. No one lives there anymore and he's been disempowered. It's time to partner with God's perspective. It's time to lift our vision higher and we will see the glory of the Lord. Remember that song. I, I, I love the song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Sometimes our perspective on the issues of life is the wrong perspective and God wants to get our vision lifted up higher. Judges chapter six, we have a story of a man named Gideon. And Judges chapter six, I'll, I'll read a portion of the scripture starting in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now the Midianites, they're, they're warring against Israel. And, and this is Gideon. He is afraid and he is in hiding. He's hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat. Isn't that interesting? My kids should have been celebrating, but they're sitting in fear. Wine, we think of wine as a drink of celebration. And he should have been in a place of celebration and victory, but he was in a place of fear. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, verse 12, and the Lord said, or the angel says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And how many ever get God's declaration and then you give your butts? Yeah, we do this all the time. You know, God makes a declaration over us, and then you're like, but God, did you see my bank account? 
And then he makes a declaration over us and we're like, yeah, but God, did you see my relationship with my children? Yeah, but God, well, have you seen my relationship with my spouse? Uh, And then God says something else and you're like, yeah, but God, uh, you know, have you seen my boss? You know, have you seen what I have to face here? You know, uh, we had testimony. It used to be an awesome situation. This is Gideon in this. He's like, hey, you know what? My, my grandparents, my, my, my history is revival and testimonies, but where are my testimonies? This is a cry session. He's whining to God, thinking God's going to respond like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, Gideon. Let me just, let me just change everything. And, and, and this is the interesting thing in that situation. God's kind of like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Gideon. Go in your strength. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. What do you mean go in your strength? You're calling me a mighty warrior. I, I, I don't understand that. See, God releases perspective first. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The problem is he just heard mighty warrior and he's focused on himself. He's like, I'm not a mighty warrior. No, God was making a declaration. I am with you, therefore you are a mighty warrior. Let me change your perspective. And and Gideon is still stuck in his circumstance. I don't know if any of you, not you guys, I'm talking about the other church down the road. Um, who get stuck in their circumstances. You know, uh, just Ben Armstrong, Ben and Heather get stuck in their circumstances. Like, I know you guys are Kingdom City Church. Like, do you know who I, yeah, I know where we're at. But sometimes we get stuck in our circumstance. And, and then God d- doubles down with it. And he's like, we're complaining about our situation. And God's like, yeah, that's awesome. I'll take it. Go in your strength. He says, go in your strength and deliver the Israelites out of the hands in the, of the Midianites. And, and, and he's like, what, what are you talking about? I just told you I'm afraid of cat. I'm, I'm the most afraid person in, in the whole tribe. And this is like, I can't do this. Like, what are you telling? And God's like, yeah, yeah, go in your strength. I will be with you. Let's do some kingdom mathematics. I know it's still morning, but I think you guys can do this. Kingdom mathematics, here's what happens. What happens is, uh, what, take any number from infinity, and what do you have left over? You still have infinity left over. Yeah, kingdom mathematics works this way. No matter what you have, if you add it to God, you win every time. God is shifting our perspective off of ourself and my situation and onto his more than enough. He is the I am. What's your problem? I am. I got that one covered. See, the Lamb of God was actually slain from the foundations of the world. That means this, before there was ever a problem, before there was ever an issue, before there was even sin in the world, before there was sickness, before there was disease, before there was the demonic powers that could shift anything, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit got together. And they said, let's make provision for every problem. And Jesus said, I'll die. I'll go. This is why God can sit in the heavens and laugh. 
He's not laughing at you. He's laughing at the problem. He's like, <laughs> that is hilarious. Remember when we already paid the price for that? Way before it ever happened? Spirit of stupid, still on the devil. He's still not learning. Lord of the dance, this is awesome. <laughs> some of us just need to laugh at some issues. It's so important in this season that we be like David in 1 Samuel 17. See, there's a lot of the church right now, there's a lot of the word, world right now that has come under a fear narrative. And that's exactly what Israel was facing with Goliath. Goliath came out for 40 days and released a fear narrative. And it crippled warriors who were trained to kill giants and they couldn't move. They were in so much fear, they're petrified. And it took a little shepherd boy who wasn't even old enough to be part of the army. He's out doing shepherd sheep stuff with his little harp with God. And, and, and he's actually a cheese delivery boy. Go back and read it. First Samuel 17. He's delivering cheese to his brothers. So David's a cheese boy. So cheese boy comes to deliver cheese to the front line. And he hears this. See, one group was feeding on the devil's narrative. One man was feeding on God's narrative. He was feeding. He was fixing his eyes on God. See, a worshiping church has their eyes fixed on God and God alone. This fast that we just went through, Lord bless you guys, 21 days. That's awesome. We only did seven. But it was awesome. It was a great time. And I feel like it was actually not a fast from something. It was actually a fast towards feasting on God. There was a new grace like I've never seen on the global church to actually do a fast. To say, no, I'm going to silence every other appetite, every other affection, everything that's vying for my attention. And God, I will give you my singular focus. And this is what's going on. And it took a young man to say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Today, I'm going to feed you to the beasts of the field. You're worm bait, buddy. Like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. And God establishes his salvation for the world through the line of David. One person who got his eyes fixed on what God was doing, not what the enemy was doing. It's time for the church to shift that. Last point. Acts chapter 16. If you want to do some extra homework because I know you're really studious. Uh, Sandy and Marianne, pastors, they, they, I know they're really good at giving you homework and you guys are great students of the word. So um, Dan Fairley, our teaching pastor, would love it if you liked homework. Um, but if you want to do some homework, you can look at that. But I'm going to paraphrase this, this whole portion because this is a season of revival. How many believe this is a season of revival? It's not about a meeting, because a meeting, those should, should end. Like, seriously, you got to eat. Your kids have to go to school. 
you have to do something. This Revival is not protracted meetings over a long period of time. Revival isn't revival till it shows up in your home. That's what my wife says. It's got to transform our life. See, it's got to be perpetual. We're, we're coming into a communion revival. What does that mean? Union with God all the time in everything we do. You know, I'm so excited that we're all in full-time ministry. Some of you may think like, wait, 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 wait. No, no Ben, you're paid for full-time ministry. You know, I, I, I work in the marketplace. I'm like, yeah, someone pays you for full-time ministry. What's your job? I'm a full-time minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus saves. Right here, right wherever I'm at. We need to shift our perspective on that. And, and so I, I, I love what God's doing here in this story because it's like rocking revival. Uh, Paul and Silas are having so much fun. And if you read through Acts, there's so many miracles. Like this is like, if you want to get inspired about potential, and the greater things, read through the book of Acts and say, God, I want that and more. And, and Paul, you know, they're wondering where to go next with their revival. And all of a sudden they have a dream of a man from Macedonia. And, and they have a dream and then they, they're like, okay, we've, we've got a strategy of where to go. How many of you would like dreams that give you strategy of what to do next in your life? Raise your hand. Amen. We all love that kind of stuff. And so like Paul wakes up, high five Silas. We got our marching orders. I had a dream. This is revival. This is what we signed up for. And then they're like, it says they're on their way to a prayer meeting and they go to the prayer meeting and they never make it to the prayer meeting because they meet a business lady, Lydia, the dealer in purple cloth, fashion. How many ladies like fashion? Any ladies like fashion? Okay, I'll pray for you. My, my daughters like fashion. Okay, you're all wearing clothes. You're like, you like fashion. And all of a sudden, these ladies get saved and baptized. It's awesome. So now we're having dreams and visions, direction. People are getting saved and baptized. High five, Silas. This is what we signed up for. It's revival. It's revival time. We are a revival generation. This is amazing. I am pumped. Aren't you pumped? Yeah, let's go to another prayer meeting. Okay, let's go to the prayer meeting. They don't make it. All of a sudden, there's this lady, demon-possessed lady, who starts prophesying through the power of the enemy. And, and Paul and Silas, they get frustrated with this lady and finally cast the demon out of her. And they're like, high five. We're having dreams and visions. People are getting saved and baptized. Demons are being cast out. Yes, this is what we signed up for. This is amazing. I love revival. And then the people beat Paul and Silas with such a severe beating. And they start beating the clothes off of them. I don't know if you've been in a fight where you got the clothes beat off you. But that sounds pretty intense. Pretty intense. So they're, they're, they're bleeding clothes beat off of them, and they get thrown in the prison. And in just not any part of the prison, not the cushy part of the prison, but the deepest, darkest place in the prison. Now, I don't know about you, but old prisons back then didn't have the kind of sewer systems we have now. So when you talk about the deepest, darkest place, gravity and stuff, flows down 
to that place in the prison. And that's where Paul and Silas are chained to the wall. And it says at midnight, Paul and Silas shift their perspective. And they begin to praise and worship God. And what's unique about this story, it says everyone else in the prison was listening. Now, I don't know about you. If I get beat and thrown into prison, my automatic response isn't always, oh, let's just praise God. My automatic response is trying to figure out what I did wrong and why God threw me in prison. Like, was, did I listen? Was that an angel of darkness masquerading as an angel of light when I had that dream? Did I misinterpret my dream, God? Did I get it wrong there? Was I not supposed to be preaching to those ladies? Like, what, 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 what did I do wrong? Did I, did I attack too big of a demon and now he has power to throw me in prison? What did I do wrong? Paul and Silas didn't have that response. They lifted their eyes to heaven, began to worship. And let me just tell you, there's a lot of us questioning the place that we're at, the circumstances we're in. And rather than worshiping God, we sound like everyone else. We're just complaining about our situation. But you know what? He who has the most hope, this is what we say at Bethel, he who has the most hope has the most influence. And maybe, just maybe, the world needs a worshiping company that are in the same situation they are, but have a different response to it. And when they did that, they began to worship. There was a vibration that was released, a frequency. They tuned themselves to the frequency of heaven. This is what heaven's doing. And something began to happen. Something began to shake. And the frequency of heaven gets superimposed over the frequency of earth, and the earth begins to shake. And what happens? Doors fly open. Chains break off. Not just for the believer, but the unbelievers as well. And so much so that the jailer freaks out and he's like, Oh my goodness, I got to kill myself because I know they've all run away. And Paul and Silas make a crazy statement from the darkness. Don't kill yourself. They didn't say, hey, me and, me and Silas are still here. Only us are here because, you know, we're righteous. We're awesome. We're here. Don't kill yourself. Everyone else escaped. You know, I don't know about you, but chains, I'm worshiping God. Chains fall off. Doors fly open. I think Jehovah Jireh, my provider, get out. <laughs> right? Anyone else think that? Like, let's, let's run. They didn't do that. See, when you get God's perspective in the circumstance you're in, it changes the purpose in the place you're at. And when you get God's purpose and you don't run away from that and you don't ask God to take you out of that, that's what invites God's power to show up. And when God's power shows up, it delivers not just you, but everyone else in their prison. See, there's a salvation moment coming for the world, and it's coming through you and I who have shifted our perspective. Why don't you stand to your feet? 
And as we shift our perspective, it totally changes our purpose. See, some of you, you prayed, God, I need a new job. God, I need a new boss. And maybe God wants you to move at another place, but don't do it because you've got opposition. Don't do it because, oh, it's uncomfortable. Don't do it because my boss cusses or my boss is, is uh, 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 corrupt or whatever it is. It's like, you know what? Jesus showed up and rocked up in all those spots and transform people's lives. And he declares over us, greater things will you do. And I believe today is a day where God is going to not only shift our perspective and we start that by getting our eyes on heaven. God, what are you doing? How do I build with you? And as he changes your perspective, it will change your purpose in everything you do. This is revival. This is how it transforms my home. This transforms the way I look at my perspective at being a father. This changes my perspective and the way I look at being a husband. I look at being a pastor. I look at being a businessman. I look through the lens of all of the different things I do. And I'm like, okay, God, what are you doing? How do I partner with that? And then all of a sudden, the lightning power of heaven comes to those places and the earth shakes and the kingdoms of this world begin to look like the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. How many want that? God, I release perspective, purpose, and power in the room right now a shift on our lives. God, a shift in every spot that doesn't look like the kingdom. God, give us perspective, purpose, and power. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.